From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. Mike with you. This is Mike Davidson Lives, latest episode. How you doing? Uh, as we're just days away from Labor Day weekend, but already pumpkin spice is in the air. <laughs> uh, Starbucks, I think, just announced, was it, to, was it today or was it yesterday? It, it was this week. Anyway, it's still summer and pumpkin spice latte is now out and available just in time for you to hit the lake for uh, one last go-round for the upcoming three-day weekend. You can uh, be chugging pumpkin spice latte instead of your beers while uh, getting sunburned out there. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I don't mind pumpkin spice all that much, but uh, it's it's still a little warm outside. I don't understand. Uh, I don't see the connotation uh, to being out in 85, 90 degree weather and then just, uh, you know, sipping on something that is fall-like. I, I, I had to be in the mood for that, but uh, that could change this weekend. We'll see. Uh, did see that up in um, Alaska, gentlemen uh, broke, a, a, I guess, a state record up there for the uh, Alaska State Fair, grew a 2,100-pound pumpkin. That's a lot of lattes right there. Uh, so I, mean, I, I guess, I guess with pumpkins and fairs that this would be the time to be all pumpkin-y, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you got that to look forward to, uh, and kind of a follow-up too, because I was thinking more about this, um, uh, the MTV and how not only do they not show videos, but they don't do original content anymore. I mean, I think I was talking about how network television uh, is kind of losing ground. And last episode, uh, cable TV too, because they can't seem to uh, come up with original content anymore. MTV uh, going up to, uh, to the VMAs basically was showing nothing but reruns of Catfish and uh, Ridiculousness or whatever the hell. Basically, the, a show that's like uh, Tosh 2.0 and Jackass had a baby. It's not an original concept. It's just a cheap concept. Uh, but I, I, I walked into work today and for whatever reason, Sundance TV was on in the break room. Sundance supposed to be, you know, kind of one of those, uh, uh, you know, one of those artsy fartsy film type of channels that and IFC independent film channel, those, those, they were supposed to be specialty programming so you can get your fix and watch whatever Sundance TV was showing that uh, delightful art house romp from the 60s known as the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to that sometimes. If you, if you still have a cable, if you have not yet cut the cable, uh, on any given night, any given day, just you know, hit the guide button, surf the channels, and just see how many uh, cable channels uh, show reruns of stuff. I mean, AMC, American Movie Classics, still does show movies. But there are times where they'll show Two and a Half Men for whatever reason. Uh, Logo, which was supposed to be the gay the gay channel. Uh, I, I saw that they were showing a block of Married with Children one night. And I'm like, how's Al Bundy gay? Uh, but that's basically what they're kind of left with now. I mean, because uh, people are cutting cable and it's expensive to come up with content. So every, everybody has basically become TV land. That kind of shows you where they're at. Now, everybody's streaming now. I mean, you're, you've probably got three or four uh, 
streaming options available on your uh, television. I mean, uh, here in the house, we got Netflix, Disney Plus, and Paramount. But there is that issue. And I was talking with this uh, on the phone with my dad the other day. We were talking about um, watching television in this new age. You know, you got the new Tolkien series uh, on uh, Amazon, which I think drops this week. And they spent over a billion dollars to do this thing. And I don't, I'm not sure if everybody is streaming Amazon Prime just yet. I know there's been a lot of rave reviews for uh, The Boys. Uh, the Garth Ennis property that has uh, Carl Urban in it. You know, kind of a spoof, a, a dark spoof on superheroes. Uh, so now you got that and, uh, you know, this new Lord of the Rings series, which is a one billion with a B damn dollars in terms of budget. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's been some rave reviews. There have been some negative reviews. You got some people that are getting kind of, um, they get first looks because they never badmouth anybody. So you get a first look, you say, wow, that was great. Or, you know, you get the fanboys who have never seen it saying, oh, this sucks, this sucks. You really don't have an honest opinion unless you actually sit down and stream it watching Amazon Prime. And therein lies the problem in this new uh, gilded age of streaming. Uh, you would see this show if you already have it, if you're already a subscriber. Will this show, this Lord of the Rings show, bring in new subscribers? Because not everybody's going to see this thing. And that's the thing. It's a billion dollars. I'm not quite sure uh, what Amazon Prime subscription rate is and what the streaming numbers are. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting if it's anywhere in the ballpark of what uh, Stranger Things does for Netflix. And, of course, Netflix is struggling because, again, it's that whole content thing. It's hard. You know, and, and Netflix will cancel shows, too. Uh, if they don't perform well. So this is still a gamble. It's it's something to keep an eye out on. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really itching to go get another subscription service. Because, like I said, we got three already in this house. Yeah, first world problems. But uh, if you do catch it, uh, you know, feel free to drop by the Facebook page, Twitter account. Or if you, you know, want to privately message me and tell me how great this show is or how much it blows and they should never have touched it, I mean, by all means, do so. But it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Kind of like, um, you know, getting Slapgate from earlier this year. We're still talking about this damn thing. Uh, you know, I, I made mention about how uh, the, was it, a couple episodes back, Will Smith's Q rating is down or some stupid thing like that. And yet... A couple of days ago, again, walking into the break room at work, Bad Boys is on television. And they're not just showing that because of Martin Lawrence. Sorry, Will Smith, still a pretty bankable guy. And, oh, yeah, I like Will, I like Will Smith and Bad Boys. They'll watch it. I don't think Will Smith is as hated as uh, some of the Wokarati would like you to believe. Um, but, you know, a lot of sympathy for Chris Rock because, again, he got smacked in the face during the award show. And I'm a, I'm a big First Amendment guy. I don't believe in censoring people. I don't believe, uh, you know, cancel culture is the way to go. If so, somebody says something you don't like, you either just go, okay, that was great, or eh, that sucked. Uh, but Chris Rock, up until recently, has had a lot of sympathy. Um, <laughs> and, and, again, the... The time period of the humor is what's getting him in trouble, is is what I believe. Okay, so 
I think earlier this week he was in Arizona and uh, he's talking with the audience and he was asked, I guess, by the Oscar committee if he wanted to, um, to host the Oscars either next year or 2024. I'm not sure if they have anybody lined up for 2023, but, uh, you know, here in the next uh, year or two to host an Oscar ceremony. He's already done it. I know he hosted... It was the year of uh, Passion of the Christ and Fahrenheit 9-11. And I just remember that because I, those movies were so overhyped. And that's all you ever heard anybody talk about. And he hosted it. And um, I guess some people were clutching pearls because he said ass or something during uh, the ceremony. Not the worst thing to happen during the Oscars. Um, but he, I think he turned it down and... Uh, you know, and that's his. That's okay in my book because it's an award show, and it's it's hard to make people in that in that auditorium laugh. And of course, that whole GI Jane joke went over very well with Will and Jada, right? Uh, but I guess he made a, a comment about Nicole Brown Smith, uh, Nicole Brown Simpson. I was going to say Smith, uh, Nicole Simpson. I'm getting my uh, '90s Nicoles mixed up here. Nicole Simpson, Nicole. She basically, um, uh, she, you know, he basically said it would be like her returning to the restaurant or something like that, and uh, it was kind of a shocking comment. And her sister, of course, uh, understandably upset because that's her sister, uh, condemned Chris Rock, and some people are now jumping on his case. And I and I looked at these comments and I'm thinking, well, Jesus, that's the first time ever a comedian has ever said something shocking. Um, I'm not surprised by it, and again, I'm not on the cancel culture bandwagon. Either you like the joke or you don't. If you like it, you laugh. If you don't, you move on. If you're Nicole Brown's sister, you definitely defend your late sister's honor. Get that. Got that. Good. But what kind of troubles me about Chris Rock here, uh, and it's not... I, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to this, uh... It seems like his jokes are all coming from 30 years back because, again, what got him in trouble at the Oscars with Will and Jada was the G.I. Jane joke, a Demi Moore flick from back in the 90s. That goes a long way back. And, you know, not everybody's talking about the Simpson trial anymore. I mean, it's it's been 30-odd years. O.J. is still looking for the real killers. We don't have an update on that. I, I just hope somebody... And Chris Rock's inner circle kind of says, hey, man, you might want to freshen up the material a little bit. Try not to do the Y2K jokes uh, for the next uh, go-around of your stand-ups. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, and I just say this stuff, you know, kind of uh, chiding Chris Rock a little bit. I mean, like I said, I, I, I am in his camp, you know, when it comes to, you know, saying what he wants to say. But at the same time, I think we all jumped Will Smith's shit a little too hard here. It was such a silly little thing to begin with. I will say this. Um, two guys I would love to see host the Oscars. It will never happen. One would be Ricky Gervais because he basically lit the Golden Globes on fire and pissed on it. And it was beautiful. And all the celebrities hated him for that. Again, very, very pretty. Or uh, Mr. Dave Chappelle. And I, I would, I forget which special this was, but when, uh, him wearing the uh, the green jumpsuit, instead of wearing a tuxedo, he just sits on a stool wearing that, smoking a cigarette, you know, saying, hey, you want to come up here and get your damn award or something, and just cracking jokes on audience members and, you know, making making everybody cry. That would be the way to go.
but that's kind of the way I would do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's unnecessarily to uh, get worked up about these sort of things. All right, so moving on, uh, let's see. Rob Schneider, kind of staying in the uh, realm of comedy. Uh, I think he was on um, was it Glenn Beck's radio show or was it Glenn Beck's podcast? I don't know. I was I was reading the transcript. And uh, he was talking about what kind of killed um, SNL. And it's one of those agree to disagree things because I agree with him. SNL, Saturday Night Live, is not what it once was. Sorry, I have to speak a little quieter. I just got a text from the wife. You're too damn loud. I am recording this on a Wednesday night, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, you know, he's a guy that kind of leans left. But uh, he also is a comedian. He also knows that you know, to be funny, you have to be satirical, and I, I think he's not as left as he once was, um, but, uh, he was talking about what kind of killed it, and, uh, one thing he brought up was the fact that, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin would come on, do Donald Trump, and it wasn't as, uh, as brilliant as, say, like, Dana Carvey doing George H.W. Bush, because even with Carvey doing that sort of thing, you, you had a little bit of a likability to, HW. You you didn't necessarily have to like his policies or anything. You didn't have to like hate him, but you know, it was it was kind of an empathetic character is what um is what uh, Schneider was saying and you don't get that with that uh with Alec Baldwin's Trump. Uh I'll comment more on that later. Uh but he said uh 2016 when um Hillary lost <laughs> And by the way, if, if you're going to win, you go for the electoral votes and you have the campaign in uh, middle America. That's all I'm going to say about that. But instead of doing, basically he said, you know, the following episode of Saturday Night Live was basically, uh, was it Kate McKinnon? She was doing, um, um, playing Hallelujah on the piano, dressed as Hillary Clinton, like this was a national tragedy. And he said that's what killed Saturday Night Live. And <clears throat> I kind of agree with it. But it's been going on sooner. Uh, it's been going on um, a lot earlier than that. It's been going on for years prior to the Hallelujah cold open. Um, the only time I could think of Saturday Night Live doing a cold open that was serious, that worked, was um, post 9-11. When uh, they had Paul Simon on singing The Boxer. Um... Which was which was understandable uh, because that was a tragedy. Hillary not campaigning well is not a tragedy. Um, you know, and Saturday Night Live's always been kind of this show that's leaned left on some things, okay? Um, but it's just gotten progressively worse to the point where it's progressive all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. Instead of doing a skit where they're uh, lampooning the Hillary Clinton campaign for not, you know, taking on Trump, taking them seriously, and, uh, you know, kind of poking fun out of her, they make her into a freaking martyr. And that was kind of my complaint about a lot of the left-leaning uh, people that the left-leaning folks at Saturday Night Live would portray. They would portray them as superheroes, basically. <clears throat> you know, Hillary Clinton, Ruth Beta Ginsburg uh, being another one. Uh, when Joe, uh, not Jerry, Jim Carrey came on and played 
Joe Biden, making him out to be, you know, like a Jim Carrey character. And Joe Biden doesn't act like Jim Carrey and vice versa. But you bought into it because, well, hey, Joe Biden's the good guy in this skit. So you got to do that. And uh, that's how Saturday Night Live has been. I mean, Phil Hartman was a left-leaning guy. And, you know, there was uh, times where he would complain about portraying Bill Clinton the way he did. But he was really good at playing Bill Clinton and poking Phil out of his foibles. So much so that, yeah, even people that leaned on the left were like, yeah, he, he kind of does that. Um, but you, you don't have that anymore. You have them being played as superheroes. And that's the other thing, too, kind of going back with the whole Alec Baldwin, uh, Jim Carrey thing. Those guys were never really uh, regular guys on Saturday Night Live. They weren't part of the cast. They were already well-established actors that everybody knows. And I felt like they were just kind of brought in to play those characters to bring eyeballs to the screen. It wasn't about cultivating talent on that show. It was basically just to drive home a message. And if you were to do that with somebody that's already kind of well-known, well, hell, there you go. Um, so Rob Schneider's not wrong about that. And some people are kind of hitting him about that, going, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just bitter. You're just old. No, he's he was there with some truly great cast members. And the dude could be funny as well. Uh, just because he's not saying what you uh, particularly agree with doesn't make him any less funny. I mean, granted, I don't really care for any of his movies, but he's totally right on this. Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live ain't what it used to be. And uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of a shame. Because they're only, uh, they're only going for one side of the audience. And Kate McKinnon, even after her, um, her Hallelujah piano recital six years back said she really felt connected with the audience well um as somebody who didn't vote for trump or hillary back in 2016 i didn't feel any connection to that i can't connect with that show because you guys aren't afraid you're you're only willing to take on one side you're not really uh you, you don't want to shine the mirror on your own side and that's what's going to limit you as a performer. And that's what limits the show. And that's what makes it not as good as it once was. I uh, do have that linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. I haven't gotten texted uh, recently. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, that's why I'm whispering all of a sudden. All right. Uh, going from uh, SNL to Ozzy. I guess he says he's... Uh, fed up with living in the United States so much so that uh, he and his wife uh, the family basically move him back to England after 20 years out in Los Angeles he says he's sick and tired of all the gun violence the school shootings he can't take it you know he wants to go back to his native England which okay I, I get he's English but Ozzy baby uh, you, you live in Los Angeles you live in California the bluest of the blue um, not necessarily, you know, gun rack Mississippi here. Uh, and you, you lived in a gated community and your kids are all grown. So, you know, and I, and I say this seriously as somebody who has a daughter that just last week started school. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about gun violence at schools. Your kids are all grown. If anything, you are, it doesn't matter if you're across the ocean or stateside, you're as about as far removed from it as possible, man. Because you're Ozzy Osbourne. And, you know, granted, you, you grew up in poverty. 
over was in Birmingham, Birmingham, England. You know, you, you didn't have a lot of money growing up, but you do now. And again, it's that whole connected thing. It, you're not as connected to real world issues as somebody who's middle class uh, working, working a job or two. Uh, you're, you're going to be fine. And you know what? Not every American is getting shot up every day. You know, that's, that's one of the big misnomers is like, yes, it, as bad as it is in terms of violence, it's not happening every freaking day. Um, but uh, Ozzy, uh, you know, he's, he's moving away from his palace in Los Angeles to his palace over in England, I guess. And uh, let's move on to um, another disconnected sword, and that being Johnny Depp. Now, yes, I agree. Amber Heard light out her ass, and, uh, you know, she's getting what's coming to her. But I also say that knowing full damn well that you know, Johnny Depp's not exactly playing with a full deck of cards himself. Um, and, you know, he and Kate Moss were a thing back in the day. And I guess they're still good friends. But uh, she, she she revealed a little too much about Johnny recently in an interview. Um, I guess she was talking about when they were dating. He told her he had something for her in his pants. And he wanted her to reach down and get it. So, okay, hold don't turn the podcast off yet. This is just getting interesting. Um, so she reaches down and she grabs a string of pearls, or no, string of diamonds, sorry, string of diamonds, and she pulled this diamond necklace out of his ass. It was in his butt crack, and that's how he presented it to her. So now you can see why Amber Heard was infatuated with Johnny Depp, apparently. Yeah, that this is uh, this is not a very sane guy. Let's just put it to you that way. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, yeah, so he's uh, giving people jewelry from his butthole, um, and you know what? He probably, uh, as somebody who's pushing sixty, he probably hasn't learned a damn thing from the whole Amber Heard incident, and he'll probably hook up with another young gal again, and probably get himself into some trouble like this. I'm just waiting for like uh, 10 years down the road when uh, Leo DiCaprio, everybody's making a, fun, uh, a big deal about his uh, 47-year-old ass dumping a 25-year-old girl because, now well, she's 25 and that's just too old for him or something. I'm just waiting for him to find his Amber Heard here in the next 10 years and uh, seeing what kind of crazy things he does behind the scenes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Johnny Depp, apparently, uh, yeah, don't call yourself Team Depp. You can be anti-Amber Heard. Totally get it. But Johnny Depp is definitely not the guy you want uh, your daughter to see ever. Ever. I mean, if he gets a, a Pirates movie or something down the road, that's great. But, uh, yeah, he's got necklaces up his butthole. Alright, one last thing, because, uh, you know, we are going into Labor Day weekend and people are already drinking pumpkin spice, whatever. Uh, spooky season will be upon us, Halloween, and, you know, the, you, I think you got Halloween Kills coming out this year, uh, which is the third of this trilogy. Um, God, how many Halloween movies are there? Uh, but, you know, you'll, you'll have kind of some, uh, you know, horror movies making their way onto streamers and, of course, the movie theaters. Uh, there is now a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. 
and this thing is just I don't know if it's just scary or um I don't know what the hell this is but basically the premise is Christopher Robin leaves the hundred acre woods goes off grows up you know and you know discovers life meanwhile Pooh and Piglet become wild and feral kill everybody in the 100 acre woods and then go off into town and start killing all the young people and they want to kill Christopher Robin for abandoning them which makes perfect sense I mean hey yeah We'll get even with you for leaving us by ourselves. And so there's a trailer floating around out there. The Total camp, man. As some people are saying this is like um, ruining their childhoods. But that this is what happens when the copyright uh, expires. And it's open season for anybody that wants to uh, do something with it. It'll make, it makes you wonder, kind of wonder if it ever happens. And I doubt it will because they've got lawyers. But like... If the copyright runs out on Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse or somebody like that, and seeing what kind of horror movies or even pornos come about because of this sort of thing, the the big thing here though is like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is ruining my childhood. This is my ruining my childhood." Only if you sit down and effing watch it, it ruins your childhood. It can't be any worse than being a ten year old and finding out that uh, you know the kid show host that you've been watching every Saturday morning was caught wanking his crank in a movie theater, Paul Rubens, but, I mean, yeah, it could always be worse. You can you can choose to avoid this movie. You can't really choose to avoid the news coverage that came from that one, can you? But if you want to go watch it, fine. I ain't stopping you. And if you want to watch the Lord of the Rings show, by all means, you can you can uh, give me reviews on both. I, I Like I said, I, I think I've been mostly quiet this uh, for two-thirds of this episode, so... I'm not going to push my luck. Uh, I am going to sign off. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 